This is Hashtag Finance, presented to you by the Canadian Securities Exchange, the exchange for entrepreneurs, with your host, Anil Mall. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Hashtag Finance. This is actually our first episode for 2021. And today I am welcoming back, well, I shouldn't say welcoming back because we hosted you on in Instagram Live last year. So I'd like to welcome Darius Egadami. Darius is the president of Fans Unite, which is listed on the Canadian Securities Exchange. Darius, welcome to your first episode of Hashtag Finance uh, and the first one for 2021. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to, to, to starting the year off right here. Yeah. And, and you know what? It's been a strong start to the year, you can say, for the first two weeks. Well, we hosted you on our Instagram live. Uh, I think it was June, beginning of July last year when you guys had first listed and you had outlined a bunch of stuff that the company was working on and, and hoping to see forward, which which really panned out for you guys. You guys had a strong finish to 2020. Um, obviously, there might be some of our viewers that are not familiar with you guys still. And so what I'm going to ask you to do is just give everybody a brief introduction to yourself and to Fans Unite, and then we'll get into our conversation. For sure. Yeah, that sounds really good. So I'm the co-founder of Fans Unite. Um, we went public here in May. I was the CEO at the time, and we went public with one of our acquisitions, a company called McBookie. And Fans Unite, from a, from a high level, we're a sports betting company, really focused on the technology side of things. And we went public in, in May. We had done that acquisition, and then I think pretty much right after we had that Instagram live, where you know, we kind of outlined what we were planning on doing. One of the things we were looking to do was M and A, and you know I think shortly after that we made an acquisition, really a merger of sorts with a company called Ascot, which was a company looking to go public as well, and they were an esports betting company, pioneers in the esports space, um, being around for six, seven years building technology, and I had known that team and, and Scott, who was their CEO for quite some time, and so we did a merger with those guys to become hopefully a global iGaming company, not just on sports betting, but also esports betting and, and casino. So we closed that deal in August. Um, and it's just been heads down, focused on execution since then for the last six months. It's been really busy, but it's been a pretty seamless merge. We merged the teams, we merged the technology, we brought in some new board members. Uh, we've done two financing since then. So it's been a busy time, but it's exciting. Our stock has rallied. Um, the story is you know, resonating really well with, with investors around North America. So and we still think we've got a long way to go. Absolutely. Now, for, for our viewers that have been following you since listing or even before listing and, and kind of followed along with what you guys have done last year. So you recently closed a, a large financing. I think it was over $13 million. It was oversubscribed. So do you want to maybe talk to us a little bit about what the market reaction was, first of all, when you guys went out there trying to do this raise, I believe it was quite a small, a, a significantly smaller amount when you guys went out there and, and it, it raised up to and it closed at over 13 million. So just kind of walk us through that. And then once you do that, let's talk a little bit about what the use of proceeds and what you're planning on doing with these funds. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So um, it was getting late in the year, it was kind of mid-December, but we thought it was a good opportunity because we thought, you know, the stock was doing well and we had a lot of new investors coming into the story. So we launched a broker financing led by, by Gravitas and we launched at 5 million after market one day. And, and before the market even opened the next day, we had so much demand, um, which was incredible to see. So we quickly over, uh, or announced an upsizing of it for 11 million. 
and we closed the books that day. So um, it was a pretty, pretty remarkable kind of financing. The demand was there, you know, across Canada, retail institutions. So, you know, great job by all the bankers who were, who were involved. And uh, we closed it officially on, on Monday, just a few days ago, uh, 13.4 million. So we already had cash in the bank as well. So that was the good. So now we have, you know, quite, quite a bit of, of cash in the bank and 2021 is really now just going to be kind of focused on growth. So we have been spending the last, you know, four or five years building technology, and now it's about growing and scaling those. So um, all arms of our businesses now, and we want to grow our, our internal assets rather than going out there and spending a whole bunch on, on acquisitions. We're really focused on our own platforms, you know, growing the McBookie brand in the UK, growing a Vamos brand in Latin America, um, bringing on new operators to, to license our technology, building out our games division. So we have a lot of kind of arms of the business, but now it's about using that money to grow those and, and continuing focusing on tech. Most of our salaries right now are technology uh, developers. So that's what we're focused on. Got it. So there's, there's obviously um, you mentioned um, McBookie and Europe. So your business fans United is focused in, in a lot of different segments as uh, consumer to business to consumer business to business. And then there's some other facets as well. Um, but you guys have a presence now in not only the US, but also Europe as part of your partnership with McBookie. Can you talk to us a bit about that? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So we've been kind of building that infrastructure out for, for quite some time between Fans United and Ascot um, to become that kind of global presence. So UK's our, our sportsbook really focuses on Scotland, but we can take bets from anywhere in the UK. Um, we have applied to get our own licenses in the UK because right now they're they're sub-licensing off someone else. About, I think, six weeks ago, we also announced um, our Malta licenses, yep. which is a tier one jurisdiction. We got both B2C and B2B licenses out of Malta, which now allows us to operate in Europe, which is which is amazing. That's definitely a, a big focus for us next year. And then the US market is obviously the next big giant. And we probably didn't think we were going to get into the US market this early. It's still fragmented. It's state by state. It's expensive. It's time consuming. You're going against, you know, the heavyweights like MGM and and FanDuel and DraftKings and all, all those guys. So we decided um, we want to get into the U.S. market via technology. And we have a great partnership now with a company called Gameco um, that we announced as well, I think, in September, where we're going to be the technology back end. They come in with the licensing and the network and the and the partnerships with all the casinos and sportsbooks they have in the States. And we just announced our first activation there. So we, we partnered with the Sky Ute Casino in Colorado uh, to launch the very first dedicated esports sportsbook in the u.s market so that's our first activation we hope you know that makes some noise and we get other casinos in the states that are licensed to to come to us and, and hopefully we can launch uh, more than just that one but that's good that's also going to be a big focus for us this year absolutely uh i know you guys are listed on the otc qb if i'm not mistaken on the qb and and you guys have been doing a lot of um presentations and 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 talking about your company in the u.s there's been a Good reception to what you guys are doing, definitely. Um, what I wanted to say is earlier you mentioned, you know, names like MGM as well as other ones. How do you guys compete with that? Yeah, for and sure. Technology would be a big part yeah. of it, but maybe you can talk to us a bit more on how, how what the plans are on, you know, kind of competing with some of these giants. For sure, yeah. I mean, I'd probably be lying if I said, you know, those guys haven't really paved the way for us because they, they have, right? The the sheer numbers those guys are doing in the U.S. market has just opened up so many more eyes and more new investors coming into the space. And I think they see us as a potential, you know, lower entry point for what we're doing. Um, one of the things when we talk about kind of DraftKings and 
And some of the other big guys is they're very focused on direct to consumer. So they are spending a lot of money going after customer acquisition. And it's very expensive. And that's something that, you know, as a junior company um, here, when we listed last year was not a focus for us. We weren't going to compete against those guys because we don't have the pockets those guys have. So we really focus on just technology. We want to be a kind of a complementary solution to all these guys. And you're seeing these guys now go out and actually acquire technology. Like even DraftKings as part of their go public, they went and bought SB Tech. Valley's just bought um, Betworks. GAN just bought CoolBets. So everyone's looking to buy technology. And that's something Scott and I have really focused on that we're going to be a technology company. And that's how we're going to be able to compete against these guys. And hopefully we can start servicing some of these guys in the US rather than competing against them direct to consumer. So, you know, we put our check against anyone's really. Um, and, and that's why I think people are, are interested in our story that was such a lower entry point. Absolutely. Now, give us a little bit of a, a, a breakdown into what obviously you guys have closed. We talked about the financing you've closed. You've got, uh, you know, several things that you want to get done. Walk us through what 2021 looks like for the company and what uh, your aspirations are. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's going to be a big year. So. Um, for those, who, for those who have heard me before, we have three arms of the business. So we have our direct-to-consumer, we have our business-to-business, and then we have our games division. So this year on the B2C side, definitely focus on growth, uh, mostly on the McBookie platform, as well as Vamos, which is a Brazilian esports brand. Um, great kind of marketing opportunities this year with McBookie. Scotland made the World, or sorry, the Euro Cup, first kind of major tournament they have made in, in decades. So it's going to be a a big kind of healthy celebration in Scotland, you know, at home and safe, but, you know, we're going to put a lot of uh, marketing dollars behind that to, to bring on new users. So that's exciting for us. So growth on B2C is big. B2B, uh, now that we have kind of that infrastructure set up with partnerships and licensing in, in Malta, Europe, and, and our partnerships in the US, we want to get as many clients as we can on board. So we already have a few right now licensing our technology. It's about bringing on more this year. Um, hopefully we can make some more announcements on that as we close some more deals. And then our games division, where we're building out our own casino games, two of them are out live. Three and four are currently in testing right now. We want to get to a suite of about 10 games this year. And these are kind of more fun, younger demographic and interactive games. Um, and once we get to 10, we think that's going to really be a strong kind of suite of games that we can start getting into hopefully thousands of different sports books playing our casino games. Got it. You guys started, I, I, did you mention that you have three and then now you're hoping to have 10? So we have two, two are complete, live and up and running. Uh, the third one's almost complete. Fourth isn't testing right now, but we have a, we have a storyboard and of concepts. Um, our, our head of game design's in Malta, and he comes up with some pretty amazing and fun concepts, kind of going again, going after that younger demographic. We're not, we don't have those like cherry fruit wheels that most people are, are used to, to playing. So we have kind of the more fun games, um, but he has a whole whack load of, of uh, game ideas and storyboards. Are you are you able to talk to us about some of these maybe one of these concepts that you want to want to talk uh, give out and talk to us about how you're standing apart from the rest of these games? Yeah, so, so well, my favorite game is a game called Crash Heist. So it kind of goes after like Crash um, games, where the concept is it's kind of like GTA if you're familiar with that. So in this game, you're the bank robber. You go in, you make your bet. Let's just say ten euros, and uh, the game starts, and you're stealing money from the bank vault. Now it's on a random number generator. So at any time the game could essentially crash. And what I mean by that is the cops show up and you lose all your money. But you at any time uh, can just click cash out. And so you get to leave with all the money and then the game continues to see what you could have made had you stayed to kind of show you. Um, but it's a little bit more fun, a little bit more interactive. People get to feel like they actually you know, have a say in the outcome of the event. 
Yeah. Um, but it's not completely on a random number generator, so it could crash right away. It could crash after 30 seconds. But those type of games we think are a little bit more fun, especially for like a younger demographic than just Absolutely. kind of clicking, clicking the cherries and the fruit wheels. Yeah, it gets kind of boring once you're just clicking one button and just sitting there. So that's interesting. I'm glad that you're able to kind of just give us an example on, you know, some of these uh, ideas and concepts that you're coming up coming out with to to stand apart from your peers that might be in this space as well. So we talked a little bit about Europe. We've talked a little bit about the US. Um, Canada, what are your plans here? I know I know I wanted to talk to you a little bit about uh, build C13 and single event betting. Um, do you want to maybe give our audience an in not an intro but an explanation to what build C13 is and what that means, not only for Fans Unite, but the industry overall? Yeah. Yeah, it's big. So right now in Canada, you can only, you can't wager on a single event. So, you know, if Man United was playing Chelsea, you couldn't just take Man United to win. You actually have to uh, bet on multiple games and you have to win both those games in order to get paid out. So it makes it a little bit more hard, harder to actually win. And most players are better. They don't like to do that. So unfortunately right now, what we're seeing is a lot of Canadians are just going and betting offshore. So on other sports books that do single event betting because 99% of the world, they don't want to parlay games. They just want to bet single event. So I think there's estimates that over 10 billion, 14 billion are leaving Canada and getting fed offshore. But I think this is the kind of the first step and, and it should go through. We think it's going to go through in the spring where they're going to legalize single event betting here in Canada. So that's kind of step one in hoping to keep Canadian bettors here in Canada. Now um, you still have to only in Canada, it's only legal to bet on the, on the on platforms by the government so like in bc you're playing on play now or the bclc platform which again isn't a great user experience in our opinions the odds aren't great and so although step one is to keep players in canada step two would be actually opening up canada to get other licensed operators here to allow them to make bets and that's where we hope we can fit in pretty well we're a company here in canada we've never taken bets from canadians uh we're a technology company we're part of the Canadian Gaming Association. So we're doing kind of everything right so that once Canada does open up to other operators, which, is, which we do think they are going to in 2021, we hope we can kind of be at the front of the line of that. And apparently they are talking to other jurisdictions like the UK, like Malta, like tier one jurisdictions, so that if you've gone through those licensing regimes, you're going to be kind of front of the line to get your licenses. And Ontario will be the first one to do that. But we think every, every province will follow suit after that. So... Huge opportunity, but um, we're still kind of a few steps away from from hopefully that opening up. I, I was going to say, you know, especially when it comes to these builds, um, it's nice that they get announced, but it, it's a lengthy process to see them from start to finish. So, what does that timeline look like? Or do you do you have any idea? Do you do you anticipate that this will be something that we see in the year, two years, three years? What what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, like you said, it's always kind of hard to know when, when it kind of gets to that government level, house level. So um, what we're hearing is, I mean, this is really the furthest that this bill has gone. We think it's going to happen this spring. That's our guess. We have no idea, so don't, don't hold us to that one. Um, but we think that's going to be the first. And then we actually think Ontario will be the first to actually put some kind of thoughts and, and processes to get outside operators in. We hope by the fall, kind of by the start of the NFL season, is when they're going to do that. So um, it could be years away and we keep saying it's, it's, it's coming, it's coming, but I think, I think this year is really coming. Um, and I think government's moving a little bit quicker, uh, especially with the pandemic, new revenue sources, new tax sources, it might push them to move a little bit faster. So let's hope, let's hope this is the year. 
Well, Darius, other than family, uh, you're obviously one of the persons that lives and breathes this sector. Um, Do you want to maybe talk to us about, in our audience, about, you know, some of the the trends that you might be seeing ahead of us, the general public, uh, within the gambling sector? For sure. So, I mean, regulation, for sure, is is one. We talk about Canada. We talk about the states. Um, Everyone knows the states is is the next big giants. Really, only half the states have actually put forward kind of their their processes. 26 states have done it for legalizing sports betting. So there's still the other half of the states, and we think they're all going to eventually open up to sports betting. So we're still very early in sports betting, which everyone thinks, you know, it's it's growing right now, which it is, but we're still very, very early. Um, if Canada opens up, if North America fully opens up, I mean, the U.S., all the states, it just gives more opportunity, right, for companies like us. And then the second part is, like, you know, we went public in May, and well, we were plan- we got receded with our long-form prospectus in March, right after the kind of everything shut down. And we were, we were worried, like, oh, like, where were sports betting company going public um, in the middle of a pandemic with no sports? But we kind of proved that it's a little bit pandemic-proof. People were at home. Sports continued to go on, but people were then com- completely moving to online. The guys who were used to going to the racetrack or the stadium or, uh, or the casino to actually play, they're now moving online. So we saw our numbers go up, which was crazy. And then we saw more people betting on casino, more people betting on virtual sports and live casino. So it's proven to be pandemic proof. And I think that shift to online habits, it's not going away. People are going to stay there, um, which is good for any online business. So a um, lot of room to grow. And and I don't think that many people, well, people are still going to go. But the guys who are used to going back into the casino and, and pulling the slot wheels, like a lot of those guys won't go back. Awesome. Well, well, Darius, you know, obviously I wanted to, to talk to you early on in the year, especially with the amount of... Uh, um, success that you you and your team have had over last year and since listing. And I look forward to hopefully having you on one year after you've listed to not only talk about how it was before you had listed, but all of the, the milestones that you've met, the shareholders that are happy and the success that you guys have had. Um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to actually leave the floor with you for the last couple of minutes, because I'm sure that you probably want to talk to your shareholders and our audience about the company any message that you want to put out for this year and what they should look out for? No. Yeah. I appreciate that. I mean, for any of our current shareholders, obviously, you know, we appreciate the support. We're pretty excited about where we're at right now. Um, we're cashed up. We're, we're back heads down focused on execution now, which is something that, you know, we've always been preaching. So continue to build technology, continue to innovate, continue to, to launch new brands around the world and bring on new partners. So uh, I think we have the team to do that. We're pretty excited about that. And for any, you know, prospective investor or anyone who's interested in the industry. I think one one thing that, you know, Scott and myself are, we're, we're trying to be as open as we can. So if people are interested in learning more about, you know, A, Fans Unite or B, just the industry, you know, feel free to reach out to us. We're pretty open. We try to make ourselves available. We try to answer every shareholder's questions or any prospective shareholder's questions um, just because we were so excited about the industry, right? And I think uh, there's a lot of room to grow, not just for us, but all the companies in the space. So um, that's about it. I have two things on that note. Sure. So where can people go to find more info and keep up with what you guys are doing? Yeah, so we're kind of all on the social. Um, we're on Twitter, we're on LinkedIn, we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook. So we do post a lot of content there, not just about Fans Unite, but the industry as a whole, the esports industries. We do kind of weekly wrap-ups on the esports sectors as well. And then, um, you know, Scott's on Twitter. Uh, our emails, Darius, Scott at Fans Unite. We're both open, we're both willing to kind of chat to anyone. So... We, like you said, we, we live and breathe this space. 
Um, yeah. So even after markets close, we're still there. We're still working. And then, you know, nighttime, the sports are on. So it's like a 24-7 for us, and we love it. I, I'm sure your family is probably uh, would like a little bit time dedicated to them, but uh, business first, and then you have nothing but time to spend with your family. My second part was you and the company have had a loyal, strong shareholder base. We talked about this last time as well. What um, Are you able to talk about what that sentiment has been like now that you've gone to market, proven yourself, you know, kind of shown them the value behind you, your team, and the company? What's that been like? Yeah, it's been awesome. I mean, the matter of kind of text messages I get with just emojis, like, you know, fist bumps or stuff like that. It's super fun. It's, uh, it's those guys who kind of believed in us from the start, right? They, they invested, you know, years ago and they held on and, and then hopefully now they're reaping the rewards of that. But we had a lot of early supporters and a lot of guys who, who reached out even during the tough times. They're like, hey, don't worry, keep your head down. We love what you guys are doing. So um, it is nice. It's nice to hopefully make those guys money as well because they, they supported us early, um, which is nice. But yeah, it's really nice getting those text messages, the emails, the phone calls. Um, but we still know we got a lot of work to do. Of course. Darius, it's always a pleasure running into you. Not so much lately, but uh, anytime we have the time to talk, um, uh, it's always enlightening. So we're here for you, us at the CSC. We hope that uh, you guys are you know, finding value in what we do here, providing these podcasts and things like that, uh, which is a very small part in your day-to-day business. But I just wanted to say we do really appreciate you guys, um, you know, kind of meeting those milestones, doing what you said. And we're here for you guys anytime. To our viewers, this has been Darius Egadami. He's the co-founder, president of Fans Unite, which is listed on the CSE. If you're interested in content like this, us talking to thought leaders within various sectors of the Canadian capital markets, CSC TV is the channel. If you haven't subscribed already, hit that button and feel free to share this content with anybody that you feel might find it of value. Darius, once again, a strong start to 2021. I look forward to following what you guys are doing and uh, speaking to you hopefully within the next little while. That sounds great. I appreciate it. I always love love chatting with you. So uh, we'll do this soon again. This has been an episode of Hashtag Finance brought to you by the Canadian Securities Exchange. Feel free to like and share this content and hit subscribe if you haven't already.